Welcome to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting Through Early Education, Episode 7. In this episode, I sat down with Fiona Ye, who is a kindergarten teacher in a small not-for-profit centre in Fairfield. Fiona's openness is one of the attributes that have drawn me to invite her on this podcast. Just as we first met, Fiona spoke about her own experiences navigating the big ocean of early childhood and how she's tackled the sharks swimming around her as a beginning teacher. Like Fiona, I completely resonate with this analogy because I was swimming alone too when I started. I had to learn very quickly on my feet on all the roles and responsibilities that come with being an early child teacher. She also spoke openly about the failures in her professional journey and it's very inspiring that she embraced them, used them as a tool to improve her practices. If you've been following the podcast, you are also known by now that I'm a migrant teacher in an Australian early child context. Just like Fiona, I remember how difficult it was to unpack my own educational and teaching expectations. There were a lot of things I needed to learn about myself, and I remember being a fresh new teacher learning to navigate social contacts with families and other educators, and that was tricky, and then I would have to learn to communicate with children. Fancy that! And I really had to unpack my image of the child and really consider how children are capable and competent in their learning environment. I had to learn that children have a voice and that they're an active agent to their learning. And it all seems really easy and straightforward to me now, but there were really, really big learnings I had to do. And they're so important because that really shaped who I am as a teacher now. And while I was navigating all of that, I was so unsure of myself and I had very low self-confidence in my teaching practices. Not to mention the confusion of what practices look like. We have to do an X amount of paperwork for each child. We have to have a fortnight rotating planning program. Each time we document, we would have to link to each learning outcomes. We have to have group time and all the children need to participate. Each table will need to be set and a few needed to be rotated for the morning and afternoon routine. So many things to remember. So many things to do and not do. My point being, we have so many new beginning teachers who struggle in their first years navigating the expectations of becoming a teacher. And now being in the sector for more than a decade, I myself see this pattern emerge in our new teachers. But I really want to draw on the added difficulties for migrant teachers. That on top of all of that expectation, we are also learning a new way of being and a new culture to adapt to. I remembered that a child was laughing at me for saying shoes when I should have said sandals. Or when a colleague heard me that I'm stuck in a traffic jam and laughed that she's never heard of such jam. But more importantly, I had to unpack the expectations of children, learn to highlight strengths in children and teens, and allow myself to make mistakes. All which in my social cultural context are things that we are not familiar with. I hope that when we see new teachers or educators entering the sector, whatever the background is, we are kind to each other. Understand that we might have a lot to navigate in their professional journey and that they might be looking for a sense of belonging in a new learning space. So here it is, episode 7 with Fiona Ye. Enjoy. Hi everyone, with me here today is Fiona. 
who I had the liberty to meet a few weeks ago at the PD and we, I was so profoundly inspired by your honesty and openness in sharing your journey as a teacher with me and you know and I resonated so much with your story Fiona because I felt like it was when I started on my own professional teaching journey I was really unsure about myself and I had lots of self-doubt and you spoke really like honestly and openly about it and I was just so like wow that's amazing uh, and it was our first encounter and it was such a good you know um, yeah, a connection that I had with you um, and then you know when I heard that you say it took you seven years to find your teaching identity and I said actually it took me 10 years what are you talking about seven years is great um, but before we go into all of that um, you know let's talk about how it has started for you why the early childhood sector and what has been your professional teaching journey look like for you and you know obviously we're in this beautiful space right here uh, in the outer suburbs of uh, Melbourne and it's such a beautiful community base um, you'll be able to hear all the children running around playing engaging into the space um, but it's almost like you found this a sense of belonging in this space and it's so nice to find that I think it's really important um, and I know we spoke a little bit before this recording about the different you know um, centers that you were at and and how you engage with that and how you um, you know figure yourself out through those engagement through those journey uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of tears and hardship uh, in that process but it's so nice and reassuring that you've reached to a point where I belong here. I really enjoy here and I want to be here for a really long time. And you know, the connections that you have with the family and the, you know, the, 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 your colleagues, it's, it's so beautiful to have that. So, um, but yeah, how has your journey looked like for you? Where has it all started? Um, thanks, Dee. Uh, yes, we did have a um, started from a casual conversation, and then it's my privilege to get invited to um, have a chat on your podcast. Um, yes, hello everyone. My name is Fiona. So I'm a early childhood teacher currently um, teaching a three and a four years old kinder combined uh, at Fairfield, a community based centre in Fairfield. How I started, I think I you know I, I fell pregnant and I become a mum and I realized oh I think I need more knowledge about how to raise the next generation of children yeah. of my own first of all and then because I grew up from a family of teacher too so my grandma grandpa back in China uncle auntie they were all teachers and I always admired the um, profession as a teacher because I was lucky then. I had lots of, you know, great teacher um, as a mentor helping me along the way. I always admire the job that they do. And I can see how they plan to sit in all the children's, um, you know, learning and growing. And I thought, okay, I think this is a great job. I think I will find lots of rewarding um, satisfaction as a professional for myself. Because I'm putting my energy into my everyday work and, you know, just, it's just beautiful big picture when you see that, what you do in your daily life. So that's how I get into early childhood teaching. And then I enroll myself with um, you, you, uh, Melbourne University with the Accelerate Mode. Back then, was it a master of teaching, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it took 
maybe one and a half year to finish the two years course i think it was hard because i had i had two kids back then both under five that's crazy <laughs> you're a powerhouse i do not know how moms juggle everything and study and yeah. doing a master's yeah so, i did yeah, that i remember when I was, um, you know, doing my assignment, I have to actually lock the door. Yeah. And my younger's like, mum, 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 like banging the door. Where are you? I was like, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was tough. But um, And do you have any prior, like, early childhood knowledge um, apart from being surrounded no, by... not at all. I just, yeah. like, grew up in the um, educational family, I guess. Yes. And I really admire that um, professional. And I know that um, I love this job. So I finished it on time. And I had my um, placement at a community-based um, childcare centre and they actually asked me to stay there as a casual worker. And I go, okay, you know, while um, I was looking for a full-time job back then, the director said, oh, maybe why don't you start over here and see if you like it. And she did tell me there's a big difference between um, non-for-profit centre and private centres. And I go, okay, you know, there's no harm. And yeah, I stayed there and then um, got invited into a full-time position, but not as a kinder teacher yet, even though I was qualified back then. But I thought to myself, well, I don't think I know everything about being a kinder teacher. Um, you know, I just freshly graduated. I think I might need a little bit more about, you know, children's development through ages. I've been working through all the rooms, baby room, toddler, um, pre-kinder, and also covering the school holiday at a kinder room as well. So yeah, that took me seven years, I guess, until um, I knew that um, I also went for the interview um, with, with the same centre uh, a couple of times for the kinder teacher position, but just um, wasn't successful, successful mm. I guess. Um, you know, I wasn't ready then. But um, after that, the two failure I knew that okay then maybe I have to be brave um to step out of my comfort zone and then start looking for you know other places that's really interesting because I'm sure that has shifted your confidence yes you know yeah it did too, you know unsuccessful and and you've actually said failure you've actually you know notified that as a, a fail mm. you know in your your journey but your identity as yeah, well because i knew that um my ex-director they probably looking for someone a little bit more knowledge mm. um or maybe more competent mm. so i she also gave me feedback then tell me you know um what's the area what's my area of improvement and i go oh okay i know but i just knew that staying at the same place for seven years mm. and not moving not going anywhere yeah. that just kind of like uh, it, it, uh, uh, my heart was broken at the time, but I also admitted, okay, that's what I need to do. Maybe I just have to step down. It was a great center. You know, all the collie was lovely there. The working environment was great. And I felt that I was belong as well. But I just knew that there's something more that I need to be done for myself on my, you know, career process. Yeah. Mm. And so you feel like a failure. Mm. And yet you still were really brave to be able to remove yourself from that comfort. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and, and like you said, you belong there. Yeah. But yet you, you know, had to, I guess, disjoint that connection. Yeah. Of comfortness and yes. connectionness. Yes. Um, 
So that must be really hard journey for you to shift that. You it know, was hard. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that negative. I guess, and I would say, failure is a good thing in, yes, in some ways, is. and that has really progressed you forward. Yeah. Um, because if you would not have gone through that failure, you would not have left. Mm, right. I would not so have left. I'll just look, you know stay different. there very comfortably. Yeah. And because back then, um, that as I said, I wasn't employed as a kinder teacher. Mm. So with all the qualification and, and study that I did, I thought I don't want to put them into waste. I mm. want to become you know qualified as a qualified and working as a kinder teacher. So yeah. I know that I need to learn more. Mm. And how do I learn more? I have to become a kinder teacher myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just stepped out. Okay, you know, thanks for having me. Thank you for all the learning opportunity I got from you guys. But I just feels like my wings is strong enough. I just have to, you know, Beautiful. fly out yeah. or you know, fly into another tree. Just try to have a look. What's the real world like yeah. out there? Yeah. And so, what did the world look like for you after that? Then it was pretty wild and um, crazy. I'll say. Because um, I did went through some um, agency and just say, throw myself out there. Hey, this is my resume. This is my qualification. I've done seven years of working. Just want to be, you know, get a pick up a full time kinder teacher job. So I had a few interviews as well with with a few um, big chain companies. Not going to name them here. Um, and then one successful one um, I've got in. So I kind of start working for them in mid year. So, and you, you guys probably would understand like jumping into a job meet. Yeah, it's really yes. hard as well because you're gonna quickly pick up all of your children's interests, know all your family within a short time, and also just quickly fit into the group. And that's a big center too. They have four room, four rooms, and also one hundred and eight or one hundred and twenty yeah, places. So, hundred plus places. Big center, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll just share a little bit of the journey how I threw myself into the deep end of the swimming pool, or maybe ocean actually, mm. wild ocean, and there's lots of sharks around. Mm. That's how I felt afterward when I reflect to it. So the first day I start my new job as a kinder teacher there, the director that employed me she left the day before. So when I go in, so literally there's no director at the center. The tool I see was very helpful though. She was very supportive. She said, well, tell me what you need. I know this is the first day you started a job, but I'm sorry. So-and-so left, resigned yesterday. She moved to another centre, um, not really working for the same company. And I go, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, just, you know, show me, take me into a room. I just need to get to know the children. And that was my first year of being a kinder teacher. So I basically have to find out everything about school transition, the um, transition learning and development statements, all by myself. I have to, you know, source all of these trainings and information all by myself. So the very useful website you should go to as a fresh grad is yeah. the department website. Yes. So always go to DET and you will find all of the information you need there. And whatever you need or the PDs, you just have to, you know, I guess mix and match. I was like, oh, okay, I know this one. Oh, I don't know that one. Let's go into it. Just click all the links. And yeah, then yeah. I guess you'll be ready. Because literally I have no mentor there. I just find out everything by myself within, I'll say, you know, that first two months. Yeah. yeah. And so how long were you there for? 
Well, first year, so the first six months um, wasn't too bad because the whole team was on like a very positive um, spirit. So I just move along with the team. Um, the team spirit was very strong. I was like, let's do it. It's okay. We don't have a director. Um, you know, we all can pull together. So mm. we, we do get along. And then, um, and then the year after, I think we got a new director. It's kind of like going downhill. Sometimes it's about whether you get along with your your director or your mentor, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. yeah your, your team, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it just start um going downhill a little bit, I found that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I just found that um she, I don't know, I think that was her first year of being a director because she started with the company as a kinder teacher as well. So she got promoted to be a, a center director so maybe she was also finding her feet as well um yeah and so you left that place yeah i left that place but i also tried to finish the whole year of teaching too because yeah. i didn't want to left the children and family halfway hanging so i did start looking for another job in about september the second year of september and i found this place yeah, another community-based centre where I truly find that I belong here. And what does that feel like in terms of, because obviously you spoke about, you know, that first day with the other centre. What's the difference with this centre when you started off? Um, you just, I guess in a, in a small community centre that everybody knows everyone, you, when you first stepped in, you just feel like it's like a big family. Mm. You feel that sense of belonging here, the sense of community here. Um, and I do found children are calmer, they're more engaged comparing to a private centre. I, I don't know, it's just maybe just my experience because sometimes when you do a little visit or because um, sometimes during school holiday I'll try to cover some casual shift as well for my friend centre. So when you go into some of the less well-managed private centre, you, you feel the difference. You know, the children are crying a bit more. There's not much set up out there. It's just very heartbroken. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing in the second mm. at the moment too because uh, there's that, you know, this jointment of, you know, a, a lot of the staff are moving. Um, you know, I, I call that musical chair. Everyone's just kind of trying to feel um, mm -hmm. and, and, and trying to move into a different environment, different space, trying to find a new space to belong. And often that disjointment in the space does affect children. Um, and we know that obviously of mental health and well-being and that there's a lot of research around um, that connection that we have yes. with our mental health, with our own Definitely. spiritual well-being and this relate and translate into children. Yeah. Um, and often when, I guess, um, teams don't work well together mm. um, and there's a bit of tension and, you know, like you said, there's you know, that lack of experience or stress sometimes stress. they might not even have enough people to cover the ratio you can feel the stress and it's like oh it's am i gonna get cover for my yes. lunch break or yes. am i gonna get some planning time this yeah. week i've still got so much paperwork that i haven't done mm. so all sort of those um stress in yeah. the sector i guess yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and when you're pulled at different directions mm. as a teacher there's a lot of responsibility yes it um, is. that you don't learn when you're in uni isn't it so no. and then when you're out in the open like you said the 
the, the, the ocean, you yes. know, sharks that come. It looks like sharks because everything is all overwhelming and uh, you're, you're unprepared for, yes. um, you know, all those uh, environments and, and, and relationship that comes at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be really, really hard. And so I guess thinking about that journey, um, and you did, you had really, you know, tricky moments where you pull yourself up in adversity and really grow from it. What do you think that you've learned about yourself through that? You know, is that something that you've discovered? Uh, I think I'm really good at uh, personal and professional reflection as well actually because i after like for example after a day of working i'll go home and think oh what have i done well what could i done better and also that i know what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are and i am pretty good at finding out um, how to improve myself i guess i'll always like look for pd to do continuously even like now after 10 years of experience because there's always something new to learn and I'm not afraid to ask for help. If I know yeah. that um, I need some help, then I'll just ask for it. Put your hands up and then just ask around. You might find your answer. But, you know, I guess it sounds like a very confident person to be able to say that, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, like, just thinking back about my experience, like, I didn't have that ability to ask for help. And mm. some days I do still struggle with asking mm. for help. Um, and some days I am not connected with myself and I, you know, I might not know my strengths and weaknesses. You know, a lot of time when you are a beginning teacher, you're mm. coming out and you're like, I am overwhelmed by all this information. You know, yes, I might go into the department website and mm. go, all right, being a kindergarten teacher, you need to have this, this, this mm. elements and these attributes. And I don't have any of those attributes. Mm-hmm. So... I guess, you know, what are your advice around that, navigating around that? Is that something that you struggled with as a person or is that something that you actually had in you um, growing up, building into that confidence of self? I guess um, when I just first started it, I guess, um, and I I think it might be for everyone too, like taking up feedback, but take feedback, um, take them as a positive and also for the improvement of your, um, uh, how do you say it, for your development, I guess. Don't take it as criticism because I'm pretty sure even though you don't have all the answer in front of you, you still kind of have your mentor, like your you know educational leader, um, your 2IC, your director at the workplace because you're not working alone unless you you know get a job from a session on kinder that you are actually doing everything by yourself. Still, you can still connect with um, other directors or kind of teachers in the area. So I guess opening up, make some connection because you can't do everything by yourself and also um, receive both positive and negative feedback um, as you go. Yeah. 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 Try to unpack it because that will really help for your own improvement. Yeah. 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 Because I like, recently just spoke with um, one of my friends. She is a fresh grad kinder teacher she's really struggling and i share my experience with her and i said yes i know you're very struggling at the moment i know you feel like you know no one can help you but just try to speak up and also try to do one thing at a time because it's quite overwhelmed when you first graduated because you get to know the children 
Um, depends on your grip size because I'm working at a grip size of 24 children every day. With a really good ratio. Yes, well. pretty good ratio. That makes yep. a huge difference. That's right. And my last centre, the last kinder room that I work at, 33 children with only um, minimum ratio. So three educators, including myself. So that's quite stressful too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got to know all the children. Gonna um, you know build a good connection with the family as well because we know that the families are the first teacher. And if things happen or changes at home, they will actually you know relate to their change of behaviour or emotion. Um, yeah, lots of little things that you need to be aware every day, I guess, because we're there. We're the responsible person for them. Not, you know, have, haven't even mentioned about the educational side right. of it, just the, the caring side of it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, and it can be quite overwhelming. And I think, yes. you know, what you have highlighted is the mindset mm. on yourself and, yes. you know, how you, you can be, you know, a person that, I guess, have doubts in yourself yeah. and doubts is okay because that helps you to grow you know that mm. you know that these are area of limitation and these are that things right. that I need to put in action to grow um, but I think what you've highlighted is the mindset on looking at things um, in a bigger picture mm. but things of like yeah thank you so much for that feedback mm. I'm gonna take that on board That's I'm gonna right. look at ways of how can I put that how in can action improve. yes yes yeah. and what I can do and you did mention about networking, and I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, and, and reaching out yourself. Yeah. You know, it's hard. And I say this all the time, like, you can stand and, 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 and sit somewhere and wait for networks to come, yes. but you actually have to take action and reach out to people and make those connections. Yeah. Um, and in terms of mentorship and networking, do you have... I guess a group of people that you go to all the time or reach out to when you know i guess when you hit a roadblock do you have someone that you're still connected with from i guess in the previous experiences that you had in your teaching journey yeah yeah uh, i still keeping some good um relationship with the um classmate i guess classmate of um master of teaching 2010 <laughs> that we still remain um connection with we try to catch up like once a year and it just um really find out oh what's everyone doing uh and maybe sometime we'll share some of the challenges that we faced and also um especially during COVID I think the lockdown we all feel very isolated so um I've actually joined up a few um com the community um of practice group of some local kinders and childcare. So we have a, a few WhatsApp group so we can share the challenges in the same area, I guess, because it's just very similar um, what we're facing, what challenges we face. So we can discuss you know, what sort of strategy that you have. And also my director, she's a very experienced kinder teacher herself and also um, educator. And then with her um, expertise and knowledge, we often speak of things and then unpack things together. Yeah, and that's important to have someone that's close by. Mm. To, yes. But also someone that is observing you that's as it. well. Um, to be able to have got children right next to us at the glass just watching us recording. <laughs> very curious. Yes, very curious children. <laughs> Um, but 
very distracting too. I cannot stop myself by saying hi. <laughs> um, and you know, and having someone really close to you that you can, you know, have them coming in into your working space, teaching mm. space, and to be able to give those little relational feedback is so important because you know you can be friends with someone and yes. they can give you advice but when it comes to you know um, or, or that, if an individual workplace is different that's yes, right yes. yes and the relationships but Very also in the practical examples so you can just do that fine tuning constantly yes. yes it's so important so it's good that to hear that you've got that corrections yeah 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 and and, and finding like-minded people yes so important um and you know obviously like you said like the previous center the director that were left Mm. before we started and obviously you have connected with that person um which is why you chosen to accept that job yes has left and so that you know that value from upper management yeah and a feeling supported actually because when you you know in the in a in a, such a role with lots of responsibility, I I feel like that if you feel um supported, then your confidence level is going to boost up so much. Rather than getting knocked down every time that you come up with an idea, which is not very helpful. But yeah, I was I was quite lucky with um you know recent job now, and also the last job was very supportive when I started. Yeah, and so. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, ups and downs that you go through on a day. And, and, you know, working with children, working alongside with children can take a lot of toll on yourself, physical self, um, and also that connection, spirituality that you're talking about. What it is that you do to to maintain that connection and that self-care for yourself? You know, for that longevity and sustainability (laughs) in this sector. Um, First of all, I just love you know, spending time with children, I found mm. them, they are very authentic. Um, yeah, just, they're, they're just so pure. And then you can have some very interesting conversation with them. Um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of um, the passion I am still have in my profession. And also I know that I am trying my best to plant a little seed in their heart so then they can help look after the world, um, look after the planet, look after the creature, respect the First Nations. So I just feel that, um, you know, I'm very empowered in their life. So just keep thinking of that every day. Every little um, teachable moment, don't dismiss that. It's very important. Yeah. And it's everywhere. It's embedded throughout the day. It's not just happening at a table um, learning experience it's not just happened during group time it's everywhere yeah. every single sentence that you have every little conversation that you have with the children they are learning something from you and even though they, they also watching you connecting with your colleague with your team as well so they see that you know if you guys are kind of you know have an argument um they pick it up straight away as well so you just have to Make sure that you are a, I guess, a positive role model for the children when you're around them. Yeah. And not only connections with other people, but also connection with yourself. Mm. You know, and, and it's okay to you know, have really down day, days yes. and, you know, and talk to children about yeah. that. And I'd be honest with them. At times, if I'm so tired, I'll tell them, I'm so tired, can I go for a nap? Just I'm kind sure of they'll like, be so helpful. Yeah, they'll go, 
No, you can't go for a nap. You have to look after us. <laughs> yeah. And they would try to wake me up. Yeah, um, yeah I just say, oh, I probably need a very strong coffee to wake me up. So I will really have those authentic moments um, with them, with the children as well. Yeah. 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 And I guess that, that you know, uh, connection with yourself and then being vulnerable in front of the children. Yeah. Is that something that you were able to do from the beginning or is that something that you just kind of like as you discovered yourself is that something that becomes an embedded yeah. teaching practices now? yeah I, I don't think I can do that at the beginning of like the first year of teaching I think first year probably I'm more teacher-like mm. <laughs> holding my books oh listen everybody that's a perception <laughs> yeah, that you have yeah. as a teacher right that's yeah that social cultural context yeah that's right so um now i guess i, I can be more relaxed and also um with two teenager boys of my own i i learn from them as well you know how to be a how do you say how to become friends with them i guess because parenting it's not it's a change change so much comparing to you know a few decades ago it's not just what you said to them they don't really have to do whatever you told them off but you need to tell them the consequence about it why do you want them to do these and that um and then also you know let the children to have their own agency so they can make up the mind oh if you tell them the consequences of doing these things, if you keep doing it, then you're going to be responsible for that later. So. And that's the same thing with young people as well. Yeah. Like, yes, you know, with, with three, four, five yep. years old. Yep. We, we do that here as well. Yes. For example, um, a few of our children are very um, interested in crashing rocks today. But I just saw, wow, those little bits of sharp rocks, you know, spits everywhere. And I'm going to approach them and go, hmm, I can see you guys are crashing rocks, but do you think it's safe? So I throw them a little question to reflect. And then they go, yeah, it's safe. Okay. Of course it's safe. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm not hurt. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm not getting, getting hurt. hurt. <laughs> That's fine. No, it's safe. Um, yeah. And I explained to them because I can see the little sharp bits of rocks are like going everywhere. What if it went into your eyes? Kind of start talking about how to protect our eyes. They're not wearing any glasses or any safety gears. So, um, yeah, so I let them think about it. And at the end, after some negotiation, <laughs> we um, agree that maybe we stop doing it today. And then until that, um, I get some safety glasses for them. Because that way, then, um, you know, they know how to do things and explore things safely also within their limit as well mm. so and that's yeah. really important because what you've actually highlighted that engagement that small little snippet of engagement uh, i'm putting my lecturer's hat on you know that you obviously started off with that wondering question rather than saying stop i don't think that's safe you need to stop doing that i want you to still explore but i want you to consider your Some engagement safety. yes um, with this um, and also that you know engagement and, and that affect with other people around you know because it's not just their safety it's about other people as well depending on where they're doing it yeah um, but what a great um, experience and pitiful moments to talk about you know I guess that you know connection with nature you know that you know un, yeah natural being that we live with around us and we keep crushing rocks 
big rocks, they change and evolve into different elements in your space. And, and so what does that look like for us, for our environment? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, and it's so important because often we are in a teaching position where we think that we are we powerful, know. Yes. we know, we're knowledgeable and powerful. Um, and we you know, translate that into our teaching, but yet you've shifted that discourse by just wondering with them and learning with them. Um, and that's it's really very tricky. powerful. It's yeah. very powerful too, I think. Um, yeah, there's lots of learning there. As first you said, you know, the connection with nature, the personal safety issue, and also the, um, the body awareness, because I just gave them an example that your eyes are very precious if it gets hurt you might not you know ever get your eyesight back yeah. so we mentioned about the blindness we mentioned about you know if you get a little cut on your hand on your legs they might heal but if you somehow damage your eyes yeah. Yeah, that might be it yeah i usually tell my so daughter like you only get one pair of eyes so if it's broken, you have to get a glass eye. But then she thinks that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it's eye. a different one. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I thought just, there's a bit of um teachable moment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess just thinking about that throughout the day, um, for your, and, 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 you know, thinking about, you know, a lot of the beginners teachers, like you said, you come in your first day, you know, just fresh out the teaching, You've got your directive approach, I would say. Directive instructional The very guided. Guided, yes. (laughs) Um, Everything wanted to go with as your plan. Yes, yes. And the inflexibility as well. It's so hard to shift that because, you know, you've got this understanding of who you are as a teacher Mm. and, and that also because, you know, your cultural understanding of what it is. So how how did that go with shifting that perspective for you? Was that a tricky thing to do? Was that something that took you a really long time to just unpack? I think it took me a good seven, eight, actually eight years, even though I stepped into a, um, you know, a kinder teacher's um, role, shoes myself. I was, because I I was educated and grew up and born in China. Mm. So I I don't know, but... um, Probably everyone has a little bit of understanding what is it like. So in China, from uh, like primary school, the teacher to student ratio is 1 to 45, 40. 1 yep, to 50. Yes, very similar. <laughs> so you just do, you know, what the teacher told you, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Follow right. the lines when you yes. draw, make sure they fit into those so, lines. Yes. So um, that's how my teacher perception I guess because that's how I get taught. Um, but then, as I, you know, step into the early childhood teacher role in Australia with our framework, with the play-based learning, it it did took me a little while to understand the importance of play um, and also free play, risk play as well, the risk taking. Yeah, took me a little while. I say. Yeah. Because it's something that you have to unpack yourself. That's it. You need to be uncomfortable yes. with the uncomfortableness before you can actually yeah. go through that process of like, actually, it's okay. The research shows the connection, the yes. importance of all this explorative play yes. and risk-taking and what does that look like for us. And so, 
it's definitely not an easy process. And no. It's good to hear that it's um, you know, it's a, a process that you have embarked on yourself. Yes. And be vulnerable with yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. And then keep the openness. Actually, mm. um, well, yeah, because back then I think I kept a very different parenting style at home. So I'll still be a strict Asian mum at home. Yeah. And then when I come back to like a teaching role and I'm like, okay, let's do the Aussie style. That is really interesting. It, it is, isn't it? You have started. The reason why you started in early childhood is because you wanted to know more. But deep down, <laughs> it's so hard to dig those roots out. Yeah. But I'm getting better. I'm getting yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it is hard. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure there is some ways that you have shifted a little bit of your parenting yeah, style yeah, into the knowledge that you have. Yeah. Because I see the result after, yeah. you know, during my practice. Yeah. If you, as you said, if I went and told them, okay, mm. you can't crash the rock, let's pack it away, mm. let's go somewhere else, what would they say? Mm. Of yeah. course they'll say no, no. Yeah. And I was just thinking about your children too because you said that I have to explain myself. I Mm. need to uh, explain myself with the consequences that they take. Um, They have to make that decision, but they need to understand the consequences. That I know very clearly. It's not an Asian parenting style. Mm. And that's something that's built upon from your learning and the knowledge that you have uh, here in our Australian curriculum context. Mm. So so it's good that you've actually um, adapted and you know morph and, and weave that culture and and like you said you know it's embedded in you it's, it's ingrained in your 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 beliefs you know it because is. that's just how you know yeah to that's do how things, so. i were taught basically yeah. that's how my mum and you know my race, family yeah. raised me yeah you know yeah. Dang, this is what you have to do yes yes yeah yeah definitely interesting yeah mm. it's always really interesting to look at that because i'm a mom of two really young children and so you know I and, and like you said I still do have that ingrained you know um, perception of you know how children should engage with themselves mm-hmm. um, but yet yeah just thinking about how would I engage myself in a teaching context would be very very different and I wonder why is that why is it that my children you know at home where it's safe and supported and in small you know ratio uh, yet have that certain parts of limitation. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's something that I will have to unpack myself. So just thinking about the journey that you have and thinking about the moment of despair and confusion. And th- there will be moments of, you know, unpacking that, you know, um, vulnerability. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and uncertainty. And really uncertainty. Yeah. What do you do around that? And are you still having those uncertain moments? I think, yes, I do. Yeah. Um, as you know more, I think as you know more than you realise, I really like to draw out the, the graphic of, you know, known and unknown, that kind of thing. The more that you know, the, the more that you find out, oh, bugger, I don't know that much. And yeah. there's so much that I haven't explored into. So that's a brand new different area that I haven't touched with so yeah yeah definitely and also because now um in our modern society there's so many professionals they just you know try to give you ideas so um which one should I listen to Mm. yeah and then um 
now I kind of summarize to myself. I think sometimes you still have to just listen to your own mind. Just see which one that you feel more comfortable with within your own um, belief, I guess, your culture, your ability as well. Um, yeah. And that's interesting that you said that because you are an experienced teacher. Mm, mm, mm. And yet when you go to PDs to be inspired and motivated, you hear this is the way how we should do things. This is yes. the way how we should be thinking. Yes. And you're questioning yourself Always. still. Yeah. Always. Either question about a speaker or I question about myself, my own practice. Um, but I guess you don't have to take everything that you got told. I, I guess you have to combine um, your teaching philosophy together, your center philosophy, because I know even though we have one Australian, um, you know, early childhood curriculum, the framework, we still got lots of flexibility, I guess. And you really have to dig down your passion and then where you feel comfortable with. So, for example, just talking about the First Nation embedded practice, you hear so many different things from different elder. Some people said you can do these. Some people said it's not respectful to do that. Then what should I do? I kind of like for a few, for like for sometimes I kind of get stuck. So the framework asked me to embed the First Nations um, culture and practice, but then I got told off not to do this, not to do that, or you have to get permission. But I could not reach out for an elder, a local elder. So what do I do? So that's like a um, a really um, solid example there. Than what I meant. Sometimes you just hear too many suggestions and you don't know what direction you should be going. Yeah, and it's mm. about going into your gut feeling. Yeah, going with all right. This is what I I believe, I believe and I feel comfortable with doing. And I still want to do. I want to do it. I want to do it. That's right. And learn to make that mistake. And there's no right or wrong yeah. at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, you try your best to do it respectfully. Yes. It's not like. It's just do whatever yeah, or taking yeah. it tokenistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess as long as you can prove that you're still doing it respectfully, there's, yeah, just yeah. go for it. Give yeah. it a shot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um, we are towards the end of our recording, um, but I've got one last question to ask you. One advice that you would tell your beginning teaching self, uh, what would that be? Looking back and kind of go on that first day as a teacher and where you're in now, what would that be for you? I guess I'll, I'll say trust yourself. You are going in the right direction, even though it's a bit cloudy at the moment. But keep walking. Just keep walking straight and you will see the light, I guess. And walking consistently at a consistent pace. Yes. yes. <laughs> you might trip and fall, but that's okay. Yeah, get that's up, right. But, get up know, and keep walking. Just slowly. Yeah. 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 And I think that's important because often we have this perception of always doing things right. And so yeah. you, you, you yeah, try to do right. things really fast and you forgot the, or you stop hearing the noise. And know, it's a busy environment. Yes. It's a very busy, the pace is very fast because yeah. lots of things just keep changing or happening you know with the children around you with the people around you so at times i just what i've learned of last two years just really have to slow down listen to yourself 
tune into the conversation that you have with the children or the child. Take your time. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the recording. It's such a privilege to hear this space. Um, you know, we're surrounded by nature and, and the country. There's a lot of connection to country in this space. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is such a oh, they're having afternoon tea outside under the trees. Picnic. Beautiful down. shade. It's yes. um. Yeah, the children are so lucky to have this space, um, but also like it's connection to the educators, yes. that to the values. I could see that that there's a consistent harmony that chimes throughout the center, and it's so beautiful. Um, and I'm so lucky to be able to record here with you um, amongst children's voices. Um, and yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming out, Dee. Yeah, it was a very lovely chat and very in-depth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.